Hello, and welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast. My name is Amberly, and I'm so pleased to have you join me today. Today's guest was one of my first and one of my favorites. We share a love of textile witchery and home craft. Please welcome author of three books, Rachel Henderson. Rachel, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really glad to be back and chatting with you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so Rachel and I both went to the Sacred Space Conference this year. Uh, and I looked over when I was in one of the classes and I said, I recognize her. <laughs> and it was Rachel. <laughs> yeah. I think you so were the first person. Face face. It's true. You were uh, one of the first people that I was like, oh, there's somebody here that I know. Uh because I had gone there uh, by myself and being the horrible introvert that I am, I was just like, why did I come here by myself? Why didn't I bring my, you know, my support, my emotional support in extrovert with me? Uh, and so it was, it was really cool to be like, oh, somebody who knows me and I know them. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a fun, it was a fun time. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Oh. That was a cool thing. Yeah, it was fun. Um, for those of, of my listeners who don't know you, why don't you introduce yourself? Okay. Um, my name is Rachel Henderson. I am a witch crafter with an emphasis on the uh, second part of the word. Um, I like to involve magic with my crafting and craft with magic. Um, I have three books out, two through Llewellyn. Uh, the first one is So Witchy, which is my sewing magic book. The second is The Scent of Lemon and Rosemary, which is Working Domestic Magic with Hestia. And then I have a third book, which is a collection of blog posts. on It's on Amazon. It's called Month by Month Magic. Uh, and all of those tap into my uh, love of um, crafting and sewing and creative works and magic. Yeah, they are great. They are great books. I have So Witchy and... Uh, the scent of lemon and rosemary, uh, which, by the way, are two of my favorite scents <laughs> ever. Yeah, mine too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're great. So uh, they're both really fantastic books. I'm really excited. You're working on um, a fourth book. I right, am. That's coming uh, out this fall. I have, um, yes, I have uh, another book coming out in December from Llewellyn called The Natural Home Will of the Year which is decorating and crafts and rituals for uh, the various Sabbaths on the Wheel of the Year. And I just turned in my fourth book to Llewellyn. Uh, so it's, it's been, I've been busy. That's right. And don't you have a, um, a sequel to So Witchy coming out? Um, that's my, the fourth book that I turned in. That's mm -hmm. coming out next December. Uh, right now the um, title okay. is called The Witch's Closet. Uh, that may change. Llewellyn will have to, they they do this thing they call their visualizing meeting where they sit down mm -hmm. and go, okay, this is how big the book is going to be and this is what the cover is going to be like and they will uh, finalize the title there. Uh, but what I've been calling is The Witch's Closet and that one is 30 projects uh, that you can make to create your own uh, witch core uh, wardrobe. 
It's so exciting. I've been watching along on Instagram. All yeah. the fun things that you've been making, all the thousands of little fabric flowers and, and fun stuff. Oh my stuff. gosh, yes. So that's been, it's been fun to watch. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad people are, you know, um, that people so, are getting, enjoying that. Yeah, yeah. What are you drinking today? Uh, I'm drinking caffeine like I do every day. I used to have a really bad Mountain Dew habit. Uh, <laughs> And I managed to turn Ooh. it into a really bad uh, caffeine habit. So it's, uh, you get like Crystal Light will come out with these little packets that have caffeine in them. And that's the last decade that is mm-hmm. what I've been um, addicted to. And now that I'm in Wyoming, where we're in a higher altitude and it's uh, warmer, you have to keep hydrated. So I have my Hydro Flask that uh, is just full every day with, uh, with caffeine. <laughs> and lots of ice that's funny are you reading anything exciting right now i am i'm reading this book called brujas uh which is about magic and witchcraft of um witches of color and it's by lorraine montegut and um it's just fascinating uh i like to read about uh, different cultures and different practices, uh, not for myself to practice or anything, mm-hmm. but I feel like the more I can learn about different uh, ways that people practice, that it um, enhances my own understanding of what I do. Uh, and then I'm also reading just a ton of um, various research books right now because I managed to like right before I turned in my fourth manuscript my brain was like and here's your fifth book and I'm like really okay <laughs> I was gonna take a break but I guess not that's awesome well good congratulations on having Thank a new you. idea that's wonderful um so do you have a favorite metaphysical or occult book um, I have a few uh I really enjoyed um uh Laura Tempest's Zakroff's The Cauldron was one of uh, a book that mm. I read way back when I was first working on So Witchy that I was just like, it makes so much sense. And this is exactly what I would like my book to be like. Um, I have a soft spot for Cunningham because that's, you know, everybody or most people my generation got into witchcraft through Cunningham. Um, and... Uh, there's other books have come out and I'm sorry I cannot remember the names of the books because I've been reading so much but um anything by Zakroff um Matt Oren's uh Psychic Witch is great and wonderful and just filled with all sorts of information that uh kind of takes you to the next level nice nice um so of all those authors who do you love the best? Oh, um, I'll, I'll be honest. Uh, <laughs> thank you for putting me on the spot like that. But actually, I'm going to go You're with welcome. somebody else. <laughs> I'm going to go okay. with someone else. I'm going to go with uh, Jean Markle, uh, who is, I believe he's French. And for the longest time, I thought he was a woman. Uh, and then found out that, no, he's a man. And that didn't change my, my love for his writing at all. Um, but 
he has done a lot of books on paganism, on like the roots of Halloween. Uh, he has a book called The Great Goddess that was one of the those first books that got me really thinking about what it meant to um, to be a pagan in a or be in a religion that wasn't didn't have the emphasis on the male. They had the emphasis on female power and female expression. And uh, I've moved beyond a lot of the stuff that I believed at the time, but just I appreciate his approach. He He's very grounded in research with his writing, and a lot of the, um, uh, a lot of what he writes isn't witchy per se, but it has those, um, you can use it to inform your paganism and inform your witchcraft that I always enjoy. Wonderful. I tend to lead towards the more, towards awesome. the more academic, um, just because I think, because I was an mm-hmm. English major, mm-hmm. so that's where my mind kind of goes to. That's fair. That's fair. I was also an English major. <laughs> so I see what you're saying. And look where <laughs> we are now. Um, I know. <laughs> well, at least you're writing, because I actually went to be an author. <laughs> oh, I just I just got the English degree because it was the fastest degree I could get, and everybody always asked me, "So are you uh, are you going to get your master's?" And I'm like, "No, I'm done with college. Thank you very much." Uh, and then I spent, you know, that was it. Yeah, I spent a good deal of time being a seamstress. So it was like I have an English degree as I'm, you know, stitching corsets and costuming and stuff like. That. Yeah, funny how that works. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we're going to yeah. switch over to the mundane now. Okay. Do you have a favorite mundane author? Yes, Terry Pratchett. He is a fantastic oh, well, author. Great. Okay. Yeah. No, this uh that is I love his work. Uh he sadly passed away a few years ago. Um but actually it was his book Small Gods that uh while well, I say Cunningham was my introduction to like paganism and Wicca and witchcraft. Um, Terry Pratchett's book, Small Gods, was my first introduction to, oh, oh, it makes sense to have that gods, that there would be gods out there that, uh, you know, people's attention is what uh, brings gods to power and stuff. And while it was very much a fantasy mm-hmm. fiction book, it just got, it clicked in my brain. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, okay, I don't have to do, you know, I don't have to stick with my First Baptist upbringing. And, oh, there might be something more to uh, the world and the universe than a biblical God. Great, that's great. I'll have to check that out. Oh, you should. Um, He is wickedly funny. and he has. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. We have, like, a a little bit of a lag, so. (laughs) Ah, okay. I keep Um, interrupting you on accident. uh, I highly recommend him. Um, not the least of which because he, uh, has wonderful witch characters and, uh, he's just ridiculously funny. Like he, you, you will read his books and you will actually laugh and all of his books tackle very serious topics, but in such a way that it isn't, uh, just so so serious and you feel like it's in your face you you're like no and in in ways where it makes sense like yeah no i could see how in your world this would be an issue and it's an issue that's mirrored in our own world 
Nice. Wonderful. That's great. I will put um, Terry Pratchett on my uh, resources page for anyone who is interested. Um, does he write any series? Is there a series that he's written that you can recommend? Um, all or do of you his... have a favorite book series? Yeah, well, all of his books are tied to the same series, the Discworld series. Uh, again, my my favorite, okay. very favorite of his is Unseen Academicals. Uh, that's my autumn read. Every time it's getting close to autumn, I sit down and read that, uh, mostly because there's lots of discussion of food in it. Uh, and for me, autumn is the food season. Um that's the one I most mm -hmm. associate with different foods and everything. The rest of the year, I'm just like, either it's winter and I'm miserable because I hate the cold, or it's spring and I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll eat whatever. And then it's summer and I'm just like, okay, hello, summer, veggies, awesome. That's funny. Yeah, as soon as it gets, like, August 1st, I'm like, it's soup season. <laughs> <laughs> I love soup season. And my son hates soup, so... Hey, my uh, daughter does too. To be him. Yeah. That's so yeah. weird. I don't. How? How do they not like soup? I don't. I have a son who hates potatoes, and I don't understand how he oh. could have come for me and not like potatoes. But I just figure <laughs> it's more potatoes for me. That's funny. So, let's talk a little bit about stitch witchery. Yes. Because I you do it, and I do it, but we do it differently. Yes, uh, which is awesome. I um, I love I love all of the ways that you can craft and be magical. Well, what's one of your favorite ways to put magic into something that you're sewing? Um, for me, it's in choosing the materials. Like, I just finished a um, spell for a friend. It was... He's... Uh, needing some money uh, he's been having a hard time finding employment so I was like well let me make you a spell pouch and uh, I put a lot of thought into the fabric what color thread I'm using um, just you know how uh, the design on on the fabric all of that because um, it's the ingredients that go into the magic and for me, with sewing, it's um, the ingredients, thus, are the materials. And I'm a big fan of color magic because then, while I'm sewing, it's a green fabric, it's green thread, I'm using green uh, head headed pins, and that just gets me thinking money man mindset that keeps my mind focused on the work that I'm doing. Uh, so that's, for me, it's it's all about the materials, first and foremost. That's so interesting. I never thought to change the color of my pinheads. Um, I just have pearly pink ones because I like pink and pearly stuff. <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> Note to self. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever draw um, sigils in, yeah. inside of your uh, work at all or anything like that? Oh, I do. Like, I uh, have markers that I put sigils on my sewing machines uh, when I'm doing something that requires a lot of focus. Um, I've been known to, I will stitch in the um, the selvages or in the 
inside seams of garments, just uh, just a few little stitches in a, in different color thread. Uh, when I did a set of placemats, I put sigils on the inside of the placemats for harmony and abundance, just to bring that to the table. Um, the one nice thing about doing that is you can use, they have uh, these pens now that when heat touches it, the ink fades and disappears. Um, and I think that they have some of that mm -hmm. like for quilters and, and the like. And you can use that where, okay, I'm going to draw my sigil and then I'm going to press it so the heat, uh, so that disappears. And so then you have this kind of undercover sigil uh, working its magic on the down low. Um, and which is always good for, you know, if you're making something for somebody who might not uh, know that you work magic. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, uh, I would do it for when I would make, uh, back when I was sewing to support myself and my family, uh, stuff that I was selling. I would put little sigils and other um, mm -hmm. intentions into it to then uh, hopefully bring more people to buy it and also to send them on their way happy with their purchase. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, I love to do that. I usually use a chalk, um, like a, a seamstress chalk on the inside of the fabric. Um, Cause I do quilting. So I do it on like the backside of the, of the top of the quilt mm -hmm. before I sew it together. And I think that there's a lot of power in um, so you use a lot of, there's a lot of, Go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. We're just so excited about what we're talking about. Um, and just, just a lot of power in that, in that hidden kind of magic because so for so long, magic had to be worked undercover and it still does for many people around the world. And uh, mm -hmm. I think hidden magic like that can covert magic like that can, uh, be so very powerful for sure i mean just think of all the witches that hid their you know stuff in the chimneys or whatever because that's what they had to do so if you could choose three things that you had to keep on your altar what would they be okay well that's an easy question because uh most of those are already on my altar uh i have a little candle holder that my daughter made when in preschool. And that has always been my candle Aww. holder for, uh, for the altar. And that's my connection to family and to um, it. It's, it's a show of that. I have come far because those early years were really tough for us uh, after I got divorced and um, we were, I was sewing to, to support us. Um, the next thing that's on my altar and that would always have to be on my altar is I have a this perfectly smooth oval stone that I've had with me uh, for years and years. Um, I found it when I was like a teenager and I can sit, I call it my dragon's egg and it has always been there as a uh, representative of earth and of uh, the goddess and that kind of female, just steady energy that's so nurturing and, and keeps you and, and just steadies you. And so it's like the support. 
And then uh, the last thing that I put on my altar, which I used to have for the longest time and I don't have now and I'm going to have to find a replacement, is I always kept acorns. Um, I had an acorn, for, again, from about the same time I found the rock and then uh, a few years ago a mouse was in our house and found it and ate it. I was like, oh, my acorn. Um, but so now I got to find another one, except for I moved to Wyoming and there's not a lot of oak trees out here. <laughs> Wyoming is not. Uh, oh, no. Well, yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, so but the acorn has always <laughs> been that was always very uh, because there weren't a lot of oak trees in Wyoming finding one. Uh, was always, it was just very witchy to me. And I always felt like that magic, that potential. And uh, so having those three items on my altar always, you know, that's what made an altar for me is I'd have the family to have that rock of stability. And then I'd have that generative property. Of, and yeah, that would be, that's, that's for me, that's as long as I have those three things, um, I've got an altar. That's great. That's wonderful. Yeah, I have three massive oaks in my front yard, so I seriously will send you acorns if you want them. I would absolutely, I would love to have an acorn from you because that would be, because again, once, uh, once, once I found those shells, I was so mad. I was so mad and angry, at, and I'm like, come on, it's a mouse. The it found, you know, it found something to eat. You can't really be angry at it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, no, I can. I can be angry at it. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's funny. Well, if you could meet any witch in the present or in history, who would it be that you would like to meet? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, there's so many. So, so many. Um, I think I would have to... I'm, I'm going to cheat a little because this isn't... Uh, I don't think that she... Well, maybe she would go with the idea that she's a witch, but um, Ursula Gwynn, who is this wonderful author and a witch with her words and a wonderful creator and uh, is another one of those authors who I love. Um, but uh, if not her, then I think I would have liked to have met Cunningham himself uh again you know yeah i know that uh it's kind of a weird thing for a lot of the more mo uh, younger witches but uh and i don't try to overstate how influential he was but he was very influential i mean he is the reason a lot he was the the introduction for a lot of people mm -hmm. into into magic and uh if nothing else i would like to just be like hey thank you <laughs> Thank you, because if it weren't for finding your book in the Barnes yeah. & Noble, I I don't know where I'd be. That's right. We wouldn't have all these great books that you keep writing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. So if you had to choose tarot or oracle, which would be your, what, what would you choose? I'd go with tarot. I, oracle cards are nice, but mm -hmm. I, I feel like oracle cards are the more gentle and nice and supportive cards, whereas tarot will just tell it to you like it is, and I'm a horrible masochist, so or sadomasochist, um, and so I want I want my 
I I want my truth coming to me unfiltered and uh, having cards that like all my decks are all just even my uh, my favorite deck is they're all just like you know the answer to these questions why are you asking us why you you brought us out for this mm-hmm. really yeah I I do have a couple oracle decks that are really mean oh no. really mean <laughs> is that even allowed. Uh, one of them, uh, well, it must be because, and they're they're both by this one author, or <laughs> one creator, uh, MJ Cullinane. She she makes she makes some mean cards. Um, well, since we're there, I pulled a card for us today. Huzzah! Uh, and it's an oracle card, uh, so I'm going to read this to to, to you. <laughs> um, and I may or may not have specifically pulled this one on purpose. Uh, so this is from the Moonology Oracle deck, and it is the Blue Moon card. See, so Ooh. pretty blue, blue yeah. moon. Um, and it says, as the saying goes, some things happen only once in a blue moon. In other words, hardly ever. Drawing this card suggests you're about to get a rare chance, and that something one-off could be could well be about to happen. This card is a very positive sign if you felt like you're hoping for too much or asking too much of the universe whatever you're asking about well it might only happen once in a blue moon but it can happen however with this rare opportunity before you it is important that you believe in it if you convince yourself that whatever you're asking about can never go in your favor then guess what it won't go in your favor be grateful for this card which is a reminder to believe in your dreams uh attuned to the moon uh is i'm lucky the additional meanings for this card. Miss the chance and it might not come back anytime soon. What happened may only happen once. The person you're inquiring about is a rare find. Uh, that's the silliest thing I've ever read in my life. Every person is a rare find. Um, if you can believe it, you can achieve it. This, <laughs> this situation is unlikely to repeat. The teaching. There are usually three full moons between each equinox and solstice, and vice versa. Sometimes, though, we get four full moons in a single season. When that happens, the third of the season's four full moons is called a blue moon. At least that was the original definition of a blue moon. These days, it's popular to use the blue moon for the second full moon in any calendar month that has two full moons. Well, that's fantastic. That is all. I'm just going to have you pull (laughs) oracle cards for me from... From now on. Okay. <laughs> and I'll use my other mean decks if you really need me to. <laughs> All right. So you're going to share a spell from your So Witchy book today, right? I am. And it's going to be a spell that nobody likes uh, mm-hmm. because it deals with laundry. And nobody, like, <laughs> I. Maybe it'll make I, people do the laundry. Well, that's the thing I always tell people is uh, if you include magic in your housekeeping, it doesn't really make your housekeeping that much easier to do, but you might approach it with a a different attitude. And so um, one of the things that I'm really big on is everyday life into everything, not just only doing rituals during the full moon or uh, going to, you know, doing it whenever you have the time but if you start 
incorporating into your life, then it becomes easier and then you start finding yourself living a more magical life. So with regards to laundry, which nobody uh, likes to do laundry because you always have to do it, um, what I like to suggest is get yourself some of those wool dryer balls. You're going to get some wool dryer balls and you're going to get yourself uh, some essential oils. I recommend um, rosemary essential oil because it is purifying and protective and you're going to put drops of that on your dryer ball and you're going to throw that into your dryer with your laundry. And um, what that does is then you got uh, the conflux of um, the wet laundry, which is water, the wool dryer balls, which are associated with earth, uh, the um, fire or heat of the dryer, which is associated with the fire, and then the air. So you've got all of your your elements going there. The rosemary is doing that protective and purification process. And this way, you're not just um, physically cleaning your clothes, you're energetically cleaning them, which I think we often forget about that you don't have, you come home and you've been out, you're not just having, you know, grass stains or uh, your spilled ketchup for lunch or, or whatever on your clothes, uh, dog hair, cat hair, whatever. You've got um, energies that are, have attached themselves to you and attached themselves to mm -hmm. uh, your clothes. And so by, uh, if you're just physically cleaning them, you can still have that uh that just bad energy or um you know evil eye malicious intent any of that can be still stuck on your clothes you put them in your closet and then when you pull them out again you're not going to feel good putting them on because yeah they're clean but just something feels off mm -hmm. um especially if you work in a toxic environment right. um if you're coming home from like a hospital uh, maybe you're, you're visiting, uh, or you have family in the hospital, you're visiting them, um, whatever you're doing, having that energetically cleansing what you wear, um, especially since, you know, you wear these clothes against your skin, that's going to transfer to your skin. It's just a bit of common sense cleaning that doesn't cost much and all you have to do is put your intent in there and put it, uh, throw it in the dryer, set your dryer cycle, and um, you've got that covered. And then also your clothes smell really good. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. I love that. Rosemary smells amazing. It does. And it has wonderful magical properties. Yes, it does. Um I always say if there's one herb that I could never live without, it would be rosemary. I just absolutely adore it. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. We are at the end of the episode. Do you want to share your, uh, your socials, any websites where people can find you? Yeah, um, I'm mostly on Instagram, uh, which my handle on there is idiorhythmic. Um, which is I-D-I-O-R-H-Y-T-H-I-M-I-C. 
Uh, I know that's a mouthful there. It's a word that means uh, living by one's own life patterns. Um, I That's where I am mostly these days because I just, uh, I just came off of finishing a book and I kind of stopped doing anything else except for occasionally posting to Instagram because I'm so, so busy. Uh, people can reach me through there. Um, you can also find Idiorhythmic on Facebook. I do occasionally post on there, but Instagram's the best way to, to reach me. Wonderful. And you know what? Let, why don't you... Isn't there a a game oh, that you created? You there is. That? Yes, I will. Um, my husband and I created a, role pl- a, a tabletop role-playing game called Coven and Crucible, which it's a game of magic and witchcraft set in the modern day time. Um, basically, you play witches uh, at, and you cast spells, and it's very much uh, a RP-heavy, role-play-heavy game. Um, you can find it on Drive RPG. We ran a very successful Kickstarter at the beginning of the year uh, that raised the money to release it. We're now working on, uh, eventually we'll release an expansion to it, but right now we're just enjoying um, hearing people play with it and send us questions and everything. But um, yeah, I guess I just can't not do something that has something to do with magic and witchcraft, even when it's uh, a role-playing game, which is, um, I guess it just kind of sums me up in a sentence. (laughs) Well, what would an RPG game be without magic? Right. Exactly. It, be like, it, it really would. <laughs> I can't even imagine it. I can't. I can't imagine <laughs> it. Well, that's cool. So um, I will also put information up for Covenant Crucible on the show notes and on my resources page. Um, and you said it's drive through RPG. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, thank you, Rachel, so much for coming and spending the day with me or the afternoon with me again. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoy this. I enjoy talking with you about uh, all the fun, creative magic things that we can get shenanigans that people can get up to. Yeah, well, we'll definitely have to have you back on when your next book comes out. And then again, when you're at the one comes out next year. <laughs> and maybe I will see you at Sacred Space. The possibility. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, you have a beautiful Friday, and so we will see you next time. All right. Thank you. You have a great weekend. Thanks. You too. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on my website, thehearthandhedge.com, or you can email me at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. I also have a Patreon that can be found at patreon.com slash thehearthandhedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving a review wherever you find your podcasts.